Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to City Church. It's such an honor to have you joining us today on January 10th, 10 days into this 584 million mile journey around the sun. Happy New Year. As we start off this new year, I'm excited for the conversation today. I'm also excited to personally invite you to our grand reopening next weekend, January 17th. We're going to be in person at 10.30 a.m., and we are so excited to gather together. And so please make plans to join us, bring your friends, bring your family, bring everyone you can, because it's going to be so much fun as we gather together and move into the new year Together Now, today we're having a conversation uh, titled, A Trip Around the Sun. And in case you didn't know, whether it's, uh, it's kind of against your will, but you and I are on a trip around the sun. Every new year is this kind of rotation around the sun, if you will. And um, in order to kind of start off the conversation, I thought I'd share a story. Earlier this week, um, I, I took my boys hiking, and um, I, Grayson just turned five years old, and Asher, he just turned three, and Asher uh, fractured his leg like I don't know, two months ago now it feels like, and so he got his cast off, and now he's in a boot, and so taking uh, um, a, a kid with like a half bootleg hiking is a challenge in and of itself, and the kid weighs like a thousand pounds, and so I can't carry him up a mountain, so we go hiking, and, and we go to Red Rocks Trail, which is a pretty moderate trail in the area, right, and, and we, I let them pick the path, and so we're following the signs, and I say, hey, which way do you want to go, and naturally they pick like the steepest going straight up path rather than the nice gradual one over here in the dirt. And so we've got Asher, who's three years old, like climbing the side of a mountain with like only one good leg and doing a great job, by the way. And so we get to the top and, and, and we have a great time doing it. And the kids just needed to burn some energy. And in the process, I had the conversation. I'm like, man, look at all these mountains. Aren't they amazing? And the boy's like, yeah, man, they're so, they're so pretty and they're so big and they're so awesome. And I said, isn't it amazing that God made all of this? And Grayson said, yeah, man, it's, it's so cool that God made all of this, and he lives in our hearts. And I was like, oh, whoa, that is so cool. Not only did God make all of this, but he also lives in our hearts. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And we're just having conversations about the, kind of the wow factor of looking around and just admiring the beauty around us. And um, the boys got this book um, uh, for Christmas called How Great Is Our God, uh, written by Louis Giglio. And it's really cool because it's got all these amazing things about creation and space and the universe and just, just the amazing life that we have the privilege of living on this planet. And one of the things that it frequents is stuff about space. And so we're reading you know, these little stories about just the amazing things going on in space. And uh, a lot of times the boys and I at night will look up at the sky and, and, and uh, you know, we'll look at the stars. And Ash is always like, look at the moon. The moon is so pretty. Look at the moon. And we're always looking at the stars and just kind of, you know, that wow factor that sets in. Well, as, as all of this was happening, it reminded me of, of Psalm 8 verse 1, where, where David writes this. He said, oh Lord, how majestic 
is your name in all the earth. Right? You hear that wow factor? You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place. He's kind of reflecting and just thinking about like, whoa. And, and David uses this word glory. And, and that word glory, it, it, it means weightiness. Like uh, uh, it could be defined as light that comes off of something brilliant. It's just like weighty and not like weighty in, in, in a bad way, um, but there's this like weightiness to God, not, not like a burden or like an overbearing, um, but, but um, it's like more than a wow factor. I, I think of it kind of like a whoa factor. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had a whoa moment? Have, have, you, ever, have you ever felt the weight of a moment? Right, where weightiness is a good thing. The, the glory of a moment. That's what this word means. Like, think about it. Have you ever held a newborn baby? And, it, and it's just like, whoa. Or, or have you ever come up on the summit of a mountain and you, and you look over and, you, and your eyes just catch just this incredible scenery that is almost too amazing to take in and you just have this like, whoa. Whoa moment or or have you ever like watched whales breach in the ocean like like just this amazing massive animal just right i mean it's amazing watching some of the things happen on this planet or or have you just been looking up in the night sky when you're camping or sitting on your back porch and you just just checking out you know space and you kind of like whoa or or even you know it's in the simple things like the stillness of a cold winter night was just quiet and it's calm and there's just like a, a woe factor. You know what I'm talking about? These are all moments. The, that woe, that, that, that weightiness, that, that's what the word glory means. And every time you and I have a woe moment when it, when it comes to this life, those are reflections. Those are fragments coming back off the glory of God. Those are all speaking to the woe factor of God. And, and, and as we kind of follow this trail of the weightiness of God, there's a guy named Moses in the Old Testament. He's kind of a big deal. Like, you know, he, he like freed the slaves from Egypt and he like parted the Red Sea where they walk on dry ground. And he, you know, he's a Ten Commandments guy. I mean, you know, don't, not, not the you shall not pass guy. That's a different, you know, guy with a beard. But like th there's, there's this guy named Moses and he's a pretty big deal. And he's described as someone who spoke with God face to face as a man speaks with God, or, or I'm sorry, as a man speaks with his friend. Like, like Moses had this relationship with God. It was really amazing. And, and Moses pins a prayer in Psalm 90. But before I, I show it to you, I need you to understand the context. When he writes the prayer that I'm about to share with you, He's in the middle of, of this 40-year journey through the wilderness with the people of Israel. They're in obscurity in the middle of the wilderness before they go into the promised land. It kind of feels like 2020, like times 40, right? Like just imagine. So they're in the wilderness for 40 years. That's 365 days times 40. That's 40 trips around the sun that they're wandering around in obscurity. And in the middle of that context, he prays this prayer. In Psalm 90, verse 12, he says this. He says, teach us to number our days, to count our days, that we might gain a heart of wisdom. What's he saying in the middle of this? He's saying, God, help me to grasp the weight, the, the weight and the opportunity of every day. Teach me to number my days, the value of every day. And so as you and I are on this 365-day journey around the sun, 
This speaks to the weight of every day. Don't, don't let me look at it just as like getting out of 2020 and into 2021, which, by the way, we're only a couple days in and it's looking great, right? So hopefully you didn't get your hopes too far high that, that it was just going to change instantly. But as we're going into this new year, he's saying, man, help us to see the, the brevity, the weight of every day. So as we talk about the weightiness, uh, what I want to help you do today is I want to help you embrace the weight, right? Most of the time, New Year's resolutions, they speak to like getting rid of the weight. Well, today I want to help you embrace the weight. And to help us embrace the weight of today and of this year and this trip around the sun, I figured you and I could take just a quick trip right outside of our neighborhood to a little place known as the Milky Way Galaxy. Just got to soak it in for a second. The Milky Way Galaxy. Now, this is just a composite image um, because just outside of our little neighborhood, the, uh, our solar system, um, we have the Milky Way galaxy. And, and just for perspective, you and I are somewhere where, like, right about there. <laughs> nice little tucked in. You're like, oh, we have that big little dot? No, not even close. Like, we, you, not even remotely close. Now, to give you perspective, the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years long. What that means is, is that it would take you 100,000 years traveling at 5.88 trillion miles a second to cross it. Just 5.88 trillion miles a second for 100,000 years. You can get to the other side, a little family road trip, okay? I mean, the Milky Way galaxy is just incredible to think that we live here. Now, what's also amazing is that we have this little solar system that we live in, and, and you're like, oh, you know, do we, oh, let's go back real fast. So in the middle there, um, you're like, oh, it's really pretty in the middle, or like, oh, these arms are really pretty. Like, do we live anywhere in those places? No, not at all. Why? Because it's like Kentucky Fried Chicken in those places, right? Like, you and I would be completely just toast. You and I just happen, okay, happen to live in this safe space in between the arms of the Milky Way galaxy where we're actually able to have sustainable life. Now, let's hop real fast back into our solar system. And, um, you know, when, when, when it comes to this hop, I want to help you understand the weight of the hop that we just took, okay? When we hop back into our solar system, to understand the weight of that hop, um, if you took a quarter and you dropped it randomly in the middle of North America, and then you hopped on a plane, and you flew over North America, and you tried to find that quarter, that is the size of our solar system compared to the size of the Milky Way galaxy. That is, I mean, I mean you can't even fathom that, right? right? You can't even see trees from a plane. You can't even see our continent from a plane. you got to find a quarter in the middle of North America. All I'm trying to help you understand is that we are some really, really small fish in a really big pond, okay? Now, um, when it comes to our solar system, out of the 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy alone, we have our star, the sun. And then, along with our sun in the solar system, we have our planet, the Earth. And, and I had to put it up here for you like this because I wanted you to be able to see the distinction. But if we're being fair about size, just to, you know, keep shrinking down the hops that we're making, this is about the equivalent of what you're looking at when, when we're actually talking about size comparison. And actually, this might be a little generous, to be honest, because uh, the screen wouldn't let me make it any smaller than that. But to help you understand the size of the Earth compared to the size of our star, the sun, 1.3 million Earths 
can fit inside our one singular sun. Out of the 200 billion stars in our galaxy, is your mind hurt? Because this is like a huge woe factor to me. Now, what's amazing about this is that not only is the size amazing, that, that there's you and I existing, living life on the planet currently in the middle of just this incredible space that we get to observe and look at. For the record, you and I have never been outside of our, our, our little neighborhood called the solar system. Like our species has never even been outside the solar system for what it's worth. But then in addition to just how amazing the size of it is, um, the actual reality that we have life on earth is just staggering. We live in what's called the Goldilocks zone. Our earth is located in our solar system in what's known as a habitable zone or the Goldilocks zone. And what that means is it's, it's a zone that life is actually able to be sustainable. Um, and what's amazing and, and truly astonishing about the Goldilocks zone is that 15 things must be happening simultaneously in order for the Goldilocks zone principles to be in effect, in order for life to be present. Some of those things are like having a moon that stabilizes our rotation. Right? There's 15 things that have to simultaneously be happening in order for life to exist at all. Another one is that, that you have to have a non-binary star, meaning that our, our star doesn't have a relationship with another star. If there was two suns, we'd be in trouble. But it's also a steady state star, meaning it doesn't fluctuate, right? Because if our sun fluctuated, we would be toast. So we have a steady state, non-binary star. We have an ozone, which protects us, which is amazing. We have a ro rocky and molten sphere versus you know, a gaseous I mean, sphere. I mean, we have some amazing things happening just to allow life to be happening on the planet. Can everybody just say, whoa? I mean, whoa, that you are tuning in right now, listening. I mean, it's just amazing to think that we're going into 2021 and the brevity of life is being sustained on this infinitesimal, this little speck in the middle of the universe. It's amazing. But not only is life on earth amazing just, just that it exists, but it keeps going because simultaneously, while, while all this is just existing, the earth is rotating a, 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 at a thousand miles an hour. Currently, right now, like where you sit, where you're tuning in, you are spinning around at a thousand miles an hour. It's amazing I'm not motion sick right now. I mean, it's just amazing. And then on top of that, the earth is simultaneously spinning around the sun at 67 thousand miles an hour. Okay, so you ever been on a merry-go-round and you just like, the G's are just killing you? Well, amazingly, you're spinning around at a thousand miles an hour, traveling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And then on top of that, our entire solar system is cruising through the galaxy at 514,000 miles an hour. So the next time that you're bored, and the next time that you feel like your life is not exciting or not significant, just post a picture of whatever you're doing, whether you're drinking a latte, riding your bike, and just tag it on Instagram. I'm just cruising around on my bike, drinking a latte at 67,000 miles an hour. No big deal. I mean, this is amazing stuff. And just so you understand the, the, the rotation here, in order for our solar system to make a full rotation inside of our galaxy, it would take 230 million years to complete one rotation. Do you feel the woe yet? Do you get the, the glory yet? You see, you see what, what uh, uh, David was talking about? And it kind of makes sense that David would follow up his observation with this in verse 4. He looks at all that and he says, what, it, what is man that you are mindful of him? 
and the Son of Man that you care for him. I mean, who am I? I mean, God is, God is so weighty. And I, I'm such a lightweight, right? I mean, this is, uh, who am I that, that God would even care? And, and let me give you this big word. Um, There's a big theological word that uh, I'll give you for free. Um, get what you paid for. And, and it's called transcendence, okay? Uh, th- th- there's this idea that God is transcendent. And what it means is that God is wholly other and above all things. When we look at the magnitude of creation, both on our planet and outside of it, it should cause us to take a step back and say, wow, this is amazing. And, and the God that created this, I mean, I mean this is amazing. And, and James McDonald says it like this. He says, to experience the transcendence of God, to understand it, it is to sense your smallness. That a true encounter with God, a, a true encounter with the God of the universe, it should make us feel gladly small, perfectly puny, and happily so in our assigned place. The goal of this conversation today, the goal is not to make you feel small, but the goal, rather, is to help you realize that you are small. And, and as we step into this, it's, it's not meant to be a discouragement because it's so amazing what David would pin next in verse 5. Look at this. In verse 5, he says, yet in the middle of the magnitude of God and his creation, you have made man a little lower than the heavenly beings, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. There's that word again. God created us. I want you to think about it for a second. We are a privileged people. No matter where you are on your faith journey, no matter if you've walked away from church, stayed away from church, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been burned by the church, it doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey, you and I are a privileged people. Because not only do we know about the God that that made all of this, but that same God wants to reveal himself to you and to me and to us. And you and I are on a trip around the sun this year. And, And it's not just a trip around the sun, but you and I are invited to be on this trip around the sun with the God who made the sun. And here's what's amazing, is that if if transcendence, if that word is what we call it when God is is far away, then it's his manifest presence is is what we call it when God comes near. It's what what God did through Jesus for us. It's what he continues to do daily and weekly through the power of his Holy Spirit and the presence of his Spirit with us. And and I need you to think about this. What what kind of God would, would willingly die? would die himself to pay for the penalty of those who have rejected him. And then he would subject himself to be beaten and to be spit upon and be mocked and ridiculed. And not just then, but continuing now, he would allow them to extend rejection and then continually push past that and lovingly draw those people to himself again and again and again. What kind of God would do something like that. And you know what this conversation does for me? These experiences, this this weight, it it diminishes any sense for me of like personal sovereignty. 
of this, I got my own life, and I'm in control, and I'm the CEO of my life, and, and I make the shots, and I'm making the calls. It just causes me to take a step back and to kind of surrender the chair of my life and say, man, I'm not in control. And God, I, I need your help. And, and listen, I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but when I was 15 years old, God burst powerfully into my soul. And, and it wasn't just the God out there, but it was the God who had come near through the person and work of Jesus. And I need you to understand what God did in my life at 15, I have never been satisfied with less than that since then. And what God did in my life then, he wants to do in your life now. And for some of you, he's done it, and he wants to continue to do it. And he invites us to take this trip around the sun with him. And I need you to hear me. Listen, you are not ordinary. There's not another you on the planet. And hear me, that there is a you on this planet at all is absolutely amazing and mind-boggling to think about. But not only that, but I believe that you are created on purpose and for a purpose, that nothing is ordinary. And that brings us back to the prayer of Moses, that we wouldn't waste our lives, that, that we're asking God, help us to number our days, to, to realize the weight of this, because there's so much opportunity. There's so much at stake. And hear me, guys. I believe that God wants to do the inconceivable. He wants to do the uncommon. He wants to do the unexpected. He wants to do the remarkable. He wants to do the incomprehensible in and through City Church, in and through our weekend gatherings, in and through our city groups, in and through your home, in and through us as individuals where we live, work, and play. And he wants to do it all so that he, so that God is the only explanation for what is occurring in our lives. That speaks to the weightiness, the glory of God. He's showing off everywhere else because it's who he is. And he wants to do it in and through us as well. And so as we look at, at the prayer of Moses, he says, God, teach me to open my eyes. Help me to understand how amazing this all is. Every day with my kids, every meal that I share, every time I get to go to my job, every hobby that I get to engage in, every conversation, every person I look eye to eyeball with, every breath, it's a miracle in motion. Help me not to miss it. And so here's what I want you to understand. As we go into 2020, or I'm sorry, 2021, we have this massive opportunity, right? A lot can happen on this trip, as we saw in this last year. A lot of things can happen and, and, and so I don't want you to, like, get in a hurry and, like, start spouting off goals of just, you know, what kind of person you're going to be and, and all the things that you want to do. I mean, it's fine to have goals, and, and you should be working towards them. But, but more importantly, I want you to ask this bigger question, and that, that is to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to realize? What is it that you want me to change? And maybe most importantly, God, who is it that you want me to become on this trip around the sun. Louis Giglio says it this way. He says that dreams are awesome, but life is about what you do when you're awake. And so to help us kind of conclude our thoughts and, and um, really, really land the plane, if you will, I want you to think about this trip, right? Anytime you go on a trip, you have to pack your luggage, right? Well, what is it that you're going to pack on this trip around the sun? One thing is essential on this trip around the sun. And M Moses gave us a clue into that one thing, and that is wisdom. Wisdom is the one thing. And, and 
you, you might ask the question, right? What does it mean to gain a heart of wisdom? Let me define wisdom for you. Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment intersect, right? You probably know a lot of smart people who lack wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. It's, it's not only taking what I know, but that it's combining it with experience and it's allowing it to flesh itself out in discernment in the moment. So what you and I need is discernment every moment of every day to make the most of every opportunity. And you and I both know that in inside of ourselves, we don't have the wisdom that we need to be the parents that we want to be, to be the husbands or wives we want to be, to be the individuals that we want to be, to be the bosses that we want to be, to be the neighbors that we want to be. We don't have it in us we don't have the capacity in us to be all of those things. And so Moses, Moses is teaching us to pray and to reach out and say, God, I need your help. I need wisdom. And Proverbs 9 tells us that we find wisdom in a relationship with God. That the fear of the Lord, that is the beginning. That's where we find wisdom. And, and don't get caught up on that word fear because it, it speaks to reverence. It speaks to awe. It speaks to glory. It speaks to the weight of who God is. Not that we're scared of him, but rather there's a recognition of who God is, who I'm not. It causes me to stand back, to stand in awe, to have a proper perspective. And, and here's the point, that you and I would realize that we have a seat on this trip, and this trip is a privilege. And we would just take a step back and say, God, wow, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on this trip. Help me to see what you see, because clearly nothing is ordinary. Life at all is amazing. And Louis Giglio, he, he gives us this encouragement as well. He says that the easiest way that we can waste this journey around the sun, this, the easiest way that we can waste the journey that we're, that we're on together is to put ourselves in the pilot seat. That you and I would go through 2021, as we're going through 2021, every now and then we look over our shoulder and say, hey, you doing okay back there, God? Just want to make sure that you know, you're, you're hanging on for when I need you. He invites us to embrace humility and put God in the pilot seat. And as Moses wrote this psalm, in the middle of the wilderness, it was an opportunity to, to trust God. That, that we need wisdom, I think we're aware of that. But the question is, are we, are we finding it in the right places? And God, through Jesus, invites us to find it in him. And so this prayer, God, teach us to number our days. We're asking for the wisdom to maximize our decision-making each day. Teach me to number, to count, to realize how precious each one is. To help you understand, like, the, the weight of each day, I did some math. And my little boy, Asher, he's three years old. And in 5,400 and some changed days, he's going to be 18 years old and hopefully getting out of the house. <laughs> I got 5,000 days left with him. I got less than 5,000 days left with my five-year-old. As a 30-year-old man, I've, I, I might get, if, I, if I'm lucky, another 18,000 days on this planet myself. And the question is, what are we going to do with it? So let me give you some takeaways. The first thing I, I just want to encourage you as you evaluate your trip around the sun this year, the first takeaway is this, that, that you and I would get into community, get connected in 
community. Because man, this trip is hard and this trip is not meant to be done alone. And so let me invite you into the community of City Church. If you're not already connected, man, welcome to the party bus, okay? Through the highs and lows, we're riding this together. God doesn't call us into isolation. He calls us into community to know Him personally and to know Him through community. And you need community because it's hard to do it alone. I'm excited to let you know, starting this week, tomorrow, on Monday, our city groups are kicking off their next semester. So we have groups on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and they're a great way to get connected in tighter-knit community and grow in your relationship with God and one another. I want to invite you to go through Growth Track. If you're new to City Church and you want to get more plugged in, Growth Track is happening in two weeks. It's our next steps class, and it's a great way to get plugged into City Church. Man, get in community and stay connected in community as we take this trip around the sun. The second thing is this, man, you're going to have to learn the word no. Because if you want the wisdom that God wants to give you, if you want to say yes to what's really important on this trip, you're going to have to say no to some things as well. And, and you might not have known this, but a study shows that after, after your work during the week, after household responsibilities, after all of your personal care, the average adult in America still has around 35 hours of discretionary time every week. And before you think that's too generous and before you, you want to balk at the stats, those numbers actually go up when you don't have kids. Those numbers go up if, if your one spouse is working and the other one's staying at home. 35 is the low end of the discretionary time. And I think, you know, I, I read that and I wonder how many of us are like, where in the world did all that time go? Where the heck is that in the middle of the week? The reality is you, you and I have access to make the most of our time. We have the time. What we need is the wisdom. And once we know our yes, those no's get easier. What are you going to do with it? Next, I want to encourage you to keep asking God for wisdom. James 1, the brother of Jesus, he tells us that God loves to give wisdom. So keep asking because he loves to give it. Right? And so maybe you have some goals. Maybe you have some aspirations this year. You should have them. I believe in them. I've got them. But no matter what else is important to you, no matter what else on my agenda this year is important, if I don't have wisdom, if I can't get a hold of the perspective of God when it comes to what's in front of me, I'm in trouble. I'm going to waste it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to spend it on selfishness. And I'm going to have regrets. But if I can tap into the wisdom of God, if I can say, say to God, God, I want to see what you see, then I believe that God wants to make the most of every day. And the last thing I want to challenge you with is to prioritize and to cultivate your relationship with God daily. The word relationship is spelled T-I-M-E takes time. And God made a way for you and I to have access into relationship with him through what Jesus did on the cross. That 730,000 days ago, God came in the flesh and gave his life willingly in our place for our sins, for you and for me. He died, was buried, and rose again to make us right with God to give us a new heart and mind 
and to connect us in relationship with him. And for some of you, you've never taken a step of faith. You've never said yes to Jesus. You've never had that moment where you're like, man, not, not only is he the God out there, but he's the God right here. And I want you to know on this trip, you're not only invited onto this trip around the sun, but you're invited to take this trip around the sun with the God who made it and the God who made you. And he proved his love for you by dying for you before you could ever earn it or deserve it. And Jesus invites us very simply through faith to receive that gift, to be made right with God, to be forgiven of our sin. And faith simply means that we are trusting in Jesus, that he is who he said he is, that he can do in our lives what he said he would do, that he would make us new, he would give us new life, he would save us and set us free, and we would have a relationship with God. So the question for you is, are you willing to trust Jesus? Let me encourage you, maybe for the first time today, to take that step and say yes. And if you're a follower of Jesus, let me encourage you. The most important thing to make every day count this year is the cultivation of your relationship with God daily and the connection and community with the family of God. And so with that, I invite you to join us next week, January 17th, for our grand reopening. And maybe for the first time, you're ready to take some next steps and if you want to get baptized and get plugged into a group or whatever it is, listen, one of the greatest demonstrations of celebration of what God does for us internally is celebrating externally through baptism. And so maybe you, you've given your life to Jesus, maybe you're giving your life to Jesus right now and you've never had the privilege of taking that step and celebrating externally through baptism, and I want you to know we would love to do that with you. So you can text the word NEW to the number on the screen. It'll prompt you to, to get connected with us. We would love to serve you in that way. We'll see you next week.